0: hello and welcome to the good the bad and the advertising the show where we ask if the world were our client what would the brief be my name's amy i'm here with tim and dino and together we'll be tackling some of the biggest challenges facing society today and consider how the advertising industry can help or indeed hinder in our quest for progress in this episode we'll cover forced timeouts for grown-ups, Zoom calls on beaches, and buying crypto at four in the morning. So, without further ado, let's crack on with the challenge. The challenge we are going to be chewing over today is the impending second pandemic. Let's start with some intros. Dino, over to you.
1: Hi, Amy. My name is Dino myles lampty and I am the founder of The Barbershop, and it's a pleasure to be here.
2: Hey, um... Timo, CEO of Fanbytes and Burritos, we help brands to reach a Gen Z audience on social media.
0: And I'm Amy, I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Goodloop. We distribute ads programmatically and if people engage, we give 50% of the advertisers money to a charity of their choice. So we're coming at this from a few different perspectives and the challenge we're going to be chewing over today is the impending second pandemic. Our society faces a mental health emergency following months of isolation, uncertainty and anxiety. This winter, the mental health charity Mind reported twice the usual volume of calls to their helpline and NHS emergency referrals for people in crisis increased by 15% since lockdown began. Even at the less extreme end of the mental health spectrum, we're all having to dig deep and find a level of mental resilience unlike anything we've experienced before. I know I've been more volatile, way less patient and probably less happy over the last 12 months. And I I think it's really important to acknowledge these things, to show vulnerability, to, to, to show that it's okay to not always be okay. And this urgent need to normalise mental health has been so poignantly illustrated by Oprah's recent interview with Meghan Markle. She revealed that after years of racist public scrutiny, Meghan was suicidal. She went to her employer, in this case, the palace. She literally went to the HR department of the palace and they refused to help her. They refused to offer her the support she needed. So... I propose that we focus this week's brief on how the advertising industry can help get mental health and mental well-being more firmly embedded into workplace culture. But Dino, Tim, I'm keen to hear your thoughts.
1: Thank you very much, Amy. Um, that was a, a great kind of introduction to a hot topic of the week, um, but also a hot topic of the past 12 months, I think. As bad as some of those stats are, you know that you reported in terms of the um, referrals, the NHS, the uh, the calls to mind. It's probably also quite a good thing that we're talking about this so openly right now, and it's uh, it's a subject that everyone is. I guess it's on everyone's radar. I think that the thing is, the first thing to probably note is that when we talk about the workplace, the workplace has dramatically changed in the last 12 months. Um, You know, the workplace as we know it used to be this office, this hub where culture could be seen, but now we're in a situation where the workplace is people's homes. Um, and I know that, you know, as soon as things open back up again, you know, there's going to be some kind of weird blend that we're going to work out. But uh, but at the moment, it's everyone's homes, which I think that the thing that's become most apparent is everyone's homes are completely different. But I think that's just a, a good reflection of the state of mental health and the challenge of mental health, which is the fact that while everyone's homes are different, everyone is different. And I think that, you know, the, the challenge of mental health is, not everyone is the same. So um, it's very hard to uh, identify the right solutions or advice to give when people are different. You know, we need a much more kind of tailored and bespoke solution. I think the world, you know, we're at a time in life where people are just waking up to the difficulty and subtlety of dealing with mental health. So, So I think that just in terms of this brief, I think that it's really interesting for us to think about it from a perspective of we are actually talking to everyone, and lots of different types of people, and lots of different types of mental states. But we're also talking to two different states of people here, where there are people that have probably put their hand up and recognise the fact that they are they are able to acknowledge their mental health in a sense and speak up about it, and uh, and there are people who who are who are not there. I mean, yeah, you know, they they may be denying themselves the right to talk about it, or they may just not be feeling the effects but that doesn't mean that tomorrow or the day after that they might feel the effects. So I think it's really interesting to talk to the people that are aware and the people that aren't aware.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask about which audience we should focus on. And I think definitely this combination of the people that are aware, but also, yeah, people who aren't aware, right? Um, that's probably the biggest cohort of people. So really, I think, yeah, what what's what happened with... with um, with the Oprah interview, I thought was very illuminating for people who weren't aware, right? So people who didn't feel like they they there was any issue. And so, yeah, so I think having a focus on those two audiences makes a lot of sense.
0: You know what I loved actually about that interview was there's a moment where Megan, she's, she's looking at a photo of herself and she looks so glamorous and she's smiling and she's like, look at the knuckles look at the knuckles look how white they are look how much we are holding on to each other like that subtle little sign that she wasn't okay and a are totally right Tim for people that have never really considered what's going on behind closed doors for people that don't not like don't think about that so much that it was such a tangible example yes we're smiling but our knuckles are white that felt like a really simple way of explaining mental health
1: there's also the interesting thing about that part of that discussion, which was, um, it occurred to, occur to me that, you know, the, the, probably the reason why she was able to cope you know in public so well is because she was an actress, you <laughs> know, and it was like, you know, she knew how to kind of like, you know, put her, her, that game face on, I suppose. But it also then occurs to me to think that the whole royal family is an act in that sense as well, isn't it? Because, you know, they're trained throughout their whole lives to basically be not normal people, to be this kind of like public servicing, Always on show, always, you know, always a certain type of person in in the public, and that kind of like uh, bubble and pressure, uh, just not to be be you know, not to be able to be yourself, let off your own steams and make your own mistakes is just crippling, isn't it? It's just not natural, um, and it's it's a forced kind of like terrible reality, and we know it all too well. You know, I mean, Diana, you know, the, the whole thing about the interview was a bit like history repeating itself, but luckily, so far, with a slightly better ending. But you know, it's uh, there's a lot. You know, nothing solved, is it? The people saying that, oh, what well, was it really, racism? You know, oh, what, no, what was the context of what was said? You know, which is the incredible denial of 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 the fact. You know, I mean, the thing about mental health is, I think there's one thing you can guarantee: is that if someone says it, then it's true. You know, because it's it's them. You know, so I think you know there could be any degree of, of mental health that is relative to the person about about they're not feeling themselves, you know, you're your best person to know whether you are different from the usual you, and how different that is, no one else can tell you that. And I think that's why it's almost so difficult to diagnose the people that haven't quite realized it yet as well. Because you're almost probably waiting a little bit for them to put their hand up and say, hang on a minute, when, when you notice someone's mental health is, is off kilter, that's probably at the point where they're close to being sectioned or something like that, you know, where it's just so kind of out there. And it's a bit like dealing with racism, in a sense, in terms of if you work on the assumption that there is, it is there, it's systematic, and then now let's fix it. Now let's work out a way of fixing it. And if you work on the assumption that mental health is, is an impending crisis, it's going to happen. But you touched upon it in terms of workplace culture, and I think that that's probably a really kind of like, um, you know, important kind of subject to discuss around, really, because I think, um, you know, even mental health aside, I, I think the word that's probably most commonly used is like well-being. And, uh, you know, just generally in terms of like enjoying the place that you work and the, you know, the, the, the environment of the place that you work. And there's a lot that's attached to that in terms of inclusivity, how much, you know, you're, you're invited to uh, take part in things and the rest of it. And it's quite complex. You know, while I while I don't think that anyone has got the kind of the golden answer, I think that in my experience, in terms of the place that have been best for that kind of like uh, well-being and support, are the places that are very kind of open, but also put a lot of um, leadership, put a lot of emphasis on it importance and lead by example and they create a culture of it's okay to you know whatever take time off when you need it kind of thing uh it's it's not okay just to you know keep on loading someone else with you know all the work and and being just very observant of all those kind of like the the trigger points that lead to disaster
0: leadership feels super important in this brief
1: yeah and 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 so the other thing I'll, i'll add to the kind of the contribution of the brief is that uh, when we consider the fact that people are working remotely versus you know what when people are working in offices, if this brief was landed a year ago, it would be a, a quite a different solution in my mind in terms of you know we will be thinking about commuting and about you know people on that journey. I mean, you know, let, let's face it, you know, in terms of the, the extreme and the worst of mental health is is noticed probably most in the, in those hours. Uh, of commutes and things like that, you know, in terms of the amount of people that you know commit suicide off the bridges in London and things like that, you know, go missing in those points, missing in the points where they are alone. Ultimately, um, and 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 if they have a routine moment of, of being alone, then it, it just it just increases the odds of, of things potentially going astray a little bit. But um, but I guess in terms of now, when you've got a situation of of people at home. yeah there are some people that are alone at home but there are also some people that are in toxic relationships there are also some people that are in big families and all the rest of it so there's all these different weird dynamics of the home and you can't really predict or understand what everyone's situation is and when they're going to be alone or whatever else but you've got to think about their their home as being their office effectively and how do you bring some communications and bring some culture into their office And, and what you can't do is you can't let's say educate the family you can't educate their their housemates or whatever you can't you can't control that as an employer but um, but I think that what you can do is you can use media to help hopefully get a little bit closer into that environment as well. So I would think about the media that is in their home uh, and the moments and the times that potentially allow them to think and reflect and, um, and just, you know, have a bit more kind of like me time, which is probably quite a difficult thing because I think if we talk about it, it's probably quite different for everyone.
0: If it sounds like the brief is sort of shaping up to be something about... How, how do we create a culture of mental well-being within the home office and the target audience is the leadership within big employers what do you reckon tim
2: so that obviously gives us a bit of focus i wonder though if that captures enough of the people who don't actually know i would assume that the people who don't actually know are probably not people who work for big employers because i'd imagine that big employers they place quite a big focus on that anyway so it's not i'm not sure people wouldn't know about it but we can keep it focused for that particular audience
0: I guess the the, the kind of people who know or people who don't know comes down to do we want this to be an awareness and education brief, in which case we should focus on the people that don't know, or do we want this to be a behaviour change brief, kind of like the future of healthcare is preventative, getting people focusing on wellness, like that behaviour change brief has to be focused on people that already have a base level of awareness.
2: Let's probably go for the behaviour change one and let's just keep it as a tighter
0: brief. All right behavior change within the home office environment focusing on culture of well-being and proactive mental health rather than mental illness and um focusing specifically on leadership top down leadership all right nice the other thing i wanted to flag before we go into the like the um the creative like solutions part i think it's important we're doing a podcast about advertisings role to help or hinder a specific issue i think it's important to acknowledge that advertising industry has also done damage when it comes to mental health so you know we can come at this from a point of solutions but it's also unilever just announced they're going to ban the word normal from their packaging from like 200 products going to take the word normal off which is great that's really positive but it also means that for the last 200 years unilever have been dictating to us what normal is and that feels like very damaging to mental health and then you've got things like the instagram like button and how they they started taking it off in 2019 and they sort of admitted it was causing mental health illness and then they just sort of haven't talked about it since so like Let's just acknowledge that our industry has a lot of catching up to do.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think that uh, that's a really good um, uh, thing to kind of add into this, I think, because you you, you have to put into the, uh, the, the, the context of this that not only that our industry has a lot of catching up to do, but it is being an industry that has um, been driven by a certain type of culture, that has attracted a certain type of person. It's always traditionally been a bit more of a masculine culture. Um, it's been a little bit more of a, you know, middle class, you know, kind of bubble, London bubble, let's say, and that is, you know, we know that's not completely reflective of, of society as a whole. Um, but the but the issue as well is is that the responsibility that is in the hands of the people that work in our industry is is disproportionate because we advertise and we spend money for, on behalf yeah. of people. So you know, and the and the objective of that is to persuade people and to change the way people think and the, the way people uh, act. I think when, it, when they get it wrong, I think a lot of the time, the problem and the challenge is just, it's just assuming the world is, is like the people in the advertising industry rather than what it actually really is. And I think that, you know, while it's a tricky thing because advertising is about doing things that are disruptive and distinctive and stand out and don't necessarily just go with the majority kind of point of view. It's about looking for insights that matter, but the, doing the alternative and, and making it exciting. But you've still got to be you know, sensitive to the fact of you know offending, and I think that there can be some some checks and balances in place for things like that. You know, the language that's used and things like that to make sure that actually you're not you're not you're not just uh, reinforcing negative stereotypes or or leading the world into a bad place where it can it can be in a much better place, basically.
0: So, what would we do if we had no money? All right, if we had no money, I've actually got two ideas. The first one is I'm going to call it. Zoom out, and it's basically a Zoom call that you join. That is a camera on a beach, and you can set up a meeting with this camera, and you can put it in your calendar. And you dial in, and you just listen to the waves lapping on the shore and the birds singing. And you take an hour, and you book it in your calendar as an hour Zoom out. And you can even get teams like I. Th- I feel like my team would love it if we had like a, a weekly Zoom out. If we had like a, a half hour on like a Thursday evening, you know, when we're like midweek, we're all stressed out and we have a collective, like, join this Zoom on the beach and lie or find a comfy spot in your house and just think about, think about Birdsong. So that's my first idea,
1: Zoom Out. I like that a lot. I really like that a lot. Um, You know, I was thinking about something a little bit along the same lines, but uh, more of like a leadership lens on it. One of the challenges I think that we have is that leaders, you know, have to kind of like, uh, you know, lead, I guess, and be kind of strong and lead in that sense. And uh, and just, you know, when there's like, you know, all the crap that's going on in the world, or they are naturally dealing with a lot of you know issues with, you know, difficulties in running a business, um, that they can't just be a little bit more normal, in, in a sense, I'm using the wrong word, but as in more, let's say, uh, just you know, normal as in wrong, More normal as in relaxed, as in just doing things differently, expressing their, you know, their weaknesses, let's say, Um, and just kind of like living with it, living with the fact that they're not perfect. Um, And uh, and, and I I was thinking along the lines of, you know, maybe they need to show a little bit more of that. Uh, So, you know, you need to have a little bit more of a, you know, diary of 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 a CEO that is not just, I woke up at five o'clock and I run around, you know, my personal trainer, and then I, you know, I got the kids after school, and then I, you know, superwoman, superman type, you know, stories. You know, maybe you need a bit more kind of like reality check, which you know, which I thinking along the lines of, you know, having that kind of like, you know, maybe it's a Zoom moment with the, you know, with the CEO or leaders, which is just not about, not about work, you know, which is about life. But you know, it's a tricky kind of balance thing. Um, and I also like the idea of almost uh, like a um of a forum for leaders to talk about things as well, you know about you know these kind of issues and what's going on because I think that uh, can probably allow for a little bit kind of more sharing and kind of vulnerability and ultimately learning to then implement it and expand the kind of culture. And then the last thing along those kind of lines of like you know the zoom thing is um what if we what if you know, if we didn't have any money, I think you know leading by example is, is almost forcing people not forcing fun but forcing people to have me time um, and you know while we are always force in a meeting we never ever forced in me time do we we never ever you know kind of like allocate a time where we're like look I don't want to meet you or anything but I'm just blocking this out in your diary to make sure that you don't put anything else in your diary and i don't care about what you do <laughs> you know as in you know i hope it's good but uh you know i don't need to know um and um, and I think that kind of concept might be interesting because when it comes to your boss, if you have a chain reaction of of you know your objective today or this week is to always put in a me time kind of moment into your team, and they pass it down and do it to their team, things like that. And I think that creates an interesting dynamic where you're almost ordering someone to be, you know, have that me time, and it gives you that permission to basically do it. That's a little kind of free build on your know, Zoom zoomed idea. Zoom out.
2: The good thing about going last this is that I get to hear a few of your thoughts. The worst thing is that <laughs> some of your thoughts are my thoughts. My first note was about this idea of a forced timeout, basically. But actually, to take that even like the next level further... One of the things that we do at buys is something that I introduced called 300 Seconds. And it's basically, I think every Monday, anyone from the team has 300 seconds to talk about something that they're quite passionate about. And one of the things I was thinking was you could somewhat gamify this idea of like scheduled me time where people have to do something during that period, which is just focus on them. And you could have them almost at the end of the month have it as like who had the most interest in me time. So you end up people really looking forward to talking about the things that they did, like maybe they picked up knitting or maybe during that time they built a new shed or something like that, like, but almost making it like an award is like, right. X person had the most interested uh, thing during their me time. This was voted by all their colleagues and all that stuff.
0: You'd have to to get the balance right with that competition piece, right, though? Because, like, pressure is a huge driver of mental illness. There's a bit of a tightrope making it fun and gamified, but not putting pressure on people, because doing nothing is also okay. Yeah,
2: true. I think... You may want to make it seem much. uh, So the criteria for um, getting points could be how silly it is, basically. Right. So rather than how impressive it is, it's more just how like random and ingenious it is. How fun did you spend your time, basically?
0: All right. So we've done the zero pounds budget now let's go to the other side of the coin the what would jeff do section of the broadcast we have infinite money how are you going to address the brief
1: in my mind i mean i'm thinking in terms of what media can uh, matters um in this uh
0: topic that we're talking
1: about and i think there's two things that come to mind certainly in this period of time when people are working from home i would uh, what comes to mind is that i think uh, people are consuming more social media, I guess, than they ever they ever really do, in a sense, and, and I think that social media is uh, is a blessing and a problem, as we know, in a sense, because it's uh, it's that kind of like uh, it can be a, a toxic kind of filter bubble of you know reminding yourself why you're not necessarily living the life that you should be living, or it might be just reminding you of things that you don't need to be reminded about, or just playing that kind of like distractor factor, but also the fact that you know we know about like trolling and all the negativity that comes with it so it's well documented about the um the problems and uh, attached to mental health and social media and overconsumption of social media so i think there is definitely a need to spend some money in advertising within the medium of social media to uh stop people from using social media and i'm not saying you know i'm not i'm not campaigning for the complete you know, stopping of using social media but using it less and using it more wisely and i think that. If I had unlimited money, I would spend advertising that retargeted people that were using uh, the medium a lot to tell them to use it less. The other thing I would think about in terms of the medium that matters in this and this, I think, is uh, I would say the medium that we're doing and, and using right now, which is podcasting or audio more broadly, so in the sense that uh, audio has always been a medium certainly radio has always been a medium that has been considered to be quite a one-on-one medium it's quite special because I mean, it almost feels like a bit of a conversation with the presenter but i also believe that the insight that is gained from from podcasting is is much kind of greater than any other kind of medium mm. i think it's a very powerful medium for um, getting people to relax and getting people to think a little bit more about their circumstances so a little bit anti-spirit of just allowing people to do what makes them feel good but actually i going said a little bit of forced podcast <laughs> podcast healing I think that actually audio is, uh, is a great kind of healer in that sense you know whether it's music or or, or actually kind of storytelling or, or actually people speaking from their experience about issues i mean the most obvious thing becomes you know listen to you know podcasts about mental health and about you know bettering your mental health because there will be some tips and thoughts and things that you'll pick up on that will better you but I almost feel like uh, podscription, you know, podcasting subscription and subscribing to things and uh, or prescription rather to heal you by what you listen to. I think is a really kind of powerful thing. So, so I think that I would use that medium. I'd use that medium in terms of you know in advertising through it to uh, to get people to think and reflect, but also to point people to the right kind of podcast that might be beneficial for their kind of mental health and their well-being as well. And um and I would um yes, I'll take out an advertising campaign in that medium, but I would also uh use, you know, kind of other mediums in the household to try and point people towards
2: getting their podcast time
1: for their own kind of mental healing.
2: How do you think that from a because I know some platforms like Instagram do this, TikTok do this, when you're going through and you spend so much time on social media, they'll be like, hey, you're all caught up, or take a break um from it. So the platforms themselves are trying to do this. How do you think the execution of this, of this idea would differ? Don't the platforms themselves already do this? So how do you think we differ? It's mainly in the messaging in terms of
1: what you're telling people to do as a result of spending too much time there. One of the problems with dealing with, let's say, kind of negative things in your life, not really knowing... How you compare to to others and what what kind of like what is negative you know what is how bad are you you know uh, or how, how how perceived normal is it to the, what you're doing and I think that the problem a lot of the time with you know social media is a lot of people over consume social media and that almost be- becomes the the benchmark you know the, the average as such so so I think a lot of people that are in that state where they are consuming too much are not really aware of the fact that you know actually, People that are experiencing more mental happiness are doing what you're doing a lot less. You know, if money doesn't matter, then you take out a disproportionately large amount of advertising to not show advertising, for example, or to to, to, to really kind of like take people, put people away from that environment. Make, make the environment so different that people start to look at it and go, hang on, this is not the same experience that I'm, that I'm enjoying as such. So I'm going to do something else.
2: Is it the ads that are causing this issue? Or is it just the content on the platform that are causing this issue?
1: You've got to change the algorithm of what it's serving, really. And almost like, actually, when things get a bit boring, then you switch off and do something else, don't you? So, you know, right now, the algorithm is designed to, you know, give you things that you think is going to keep you clicking or keep you engaged. and
0: You could almost, like, buy the ad space and then have a completely blank space and be like, wasn't that a nice break?
1: (laughs) That's it. I think that's it. And you don't have those. You don't have those uh, articles or those ads saying do something
0: else. No, one hundred percent. Like honestly, the amount of time I'm just like lying in bed, like flicking through stories, thinking, "Oh my god, what am I doing with my life?" If there was a, a story that came up saying, "What are you doing with your life?" <laughs> go, <laughs> go smell a flower or feel the sun on your face. I'd be like, "Yeah, you know what? Yeah." All right, Tim. What about you? And remember our target audience is leadership in organizations. I think we've veered a bit
2: off the brief with that one, Dina. Yeah. If I had more more money, I'd focus on the platforms which already have these leaders on there. and for me that'd be like Twitter and LinkedIn. LinkedIn is both good and bad, right? Um the reason why it is good is obviously it's got a like the network and from a social perspective, it's pretty good for like virality, like being able to create something I guess seen by a lot of people. But it's also bad because then people start doing these like really bizarre things like my day today, woke up at 4am, traded some crypto by 4.30, by six, I had doubled my money. And then uh, by seven, I like kissed my, kissed my wife and my kids and then got ready for the day. It's like, bro, like, shut up.
0: A hundred percent.
2: What's so funny is that I actually knew someone who posted like this, and I know categorically he just didn't do that. And I was like, why are you lying? So I think what I would try and do is, from a CEO and from a leadership perspective, I would try and actually have almost like a big series going on across LinkedIn and Twitter where people are able to really find out, like. The inside world of actually all the leaders, I think what also be quite important is one of the best shows is this undercover boss thing. And I've always seen it as like a very smart way of obviously in that case is the boss getting to know a bit about their company and them getting to know about the boss and like tell their stories. I think there's something there with this whole idea of almost a reverse undercover boss, where rather than the employees telling their stories and, you know, like, like talking to this random guy who just so happens to be doing a TV show, um, actually it was the other way where it was the boss who just uncovered a bit more about their life in an anonymous way. So, for example, could you have, you know, all the people from your C-suite or all your leaders talking about things that they have faced, talking about times that they have struggled and making it normal. And I would just run that as a series on LinkedIn. I would would really utilize lives on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. And potentially you could do a big takeover of Clubhouse, I still don't really rate the platform, but I there are a lot of, you know, professionals there, a lot of people talking on there. It's still quite newish, which therefore means that, sure, we have a boatload of money, but actually to do like a day takeover of Clubhouse would be relatively cheap. Great idea. You basically say that, all right, during this period, every single conversation is leaders, Talking about mental health and actually doing the whole like day in the life or week in the life, you can actually talk to them directly.
0: It kind of links with what you are saying, Dino, which is like audio is really personal, it's like one to one, straight into your ears. You're part of a conversation. Like, I love taking the insight that Dino created there and applying it to Clubhouse and your execution, Tim. Yeah, I think there
2: is um, definitely with. Clubhouse, the reason why people really like it is because, like you, the job blogs of the street can get into a conversation with some big time person, but then like talk to them, not just listen, but actually talk to them, which takes away that whole fear of you feeling intimidated to ask a question, blah blah blah. If you did, you did a whole takeover. Of it. If it was like a flash takeover. Every single conversation was from leaders talking about health and sharing their truth, sharing a day in their life. That could tie in very well with LinkedIn and Twitter and all that stuff.
0: You know what, actually, my idea is going to build on yours, Tim, which is if we could get the top leaders, the top business leaders in the world, like the CEOs, CFOs, CMOs of the FTSE 100 companies and get them all on a, on a mental health first aid course. And then they put that qualification at the top of their clubhouse bio as their first achievement. And they put it on, we can make a badge, like an achievement badge for LinkedIn. They can put it on their clubhouse bio and it goes from the top and filters down that this is a status symbol. I was invited to do this course. I care, I'm stepping up, I've been educated in mental health first aid, and then use the platforms that you've identified, Tim, as the way to disseminate that information down to every every employee that might sit within their organisation.
1: Brilliant. I love like
0: that. Oh, my God, guys. Great ideas. All right. I think we've done a pretty good job here. Any final thoughts? Uh,
1: the, the only final thought I'd like to add into this is that, you know, obviously this is quite a... Um, uh, an expert subject for which we probably only know a little bit about media and uh, and marketing and advertising to solve this kind of very complex issue. So I think that, you know, there are a lot of kind of experts that, uh, you know, know a lot more than we do about the subject that we're talking about, the specific scientific medical side of things, at least. Um, but at the same time, what I will say is that People are people. And in terms of what we said before, is that everyone's kind of mental health and mental state is this massive variable um, that is really quite personal as well. So I think it's important to um, like what you listen to, but also, you know, look to many other sources to find a thing that really kind of works for you
0: actually on that note Dina I just wanted to call out that if any of the issues that we've talked about today feel a little bit close to the bone for you then it might be worth seeking out um, some help and you can contact Mind they have a helpline it's just info at mind.org.uk. so that's always good to know uh, always there if any of us need it all right well, thank you so much for joining today guys thank you our audience for listening please do get in touch if you have feedback or thoughts or there might be an idea you have that we've completely missed and indeed if you have challenges that you'd like us to address in future episodes we'll put our linkedin bios in the show notes so you can connect with dino tim and myself and you can continue the conversation thanks very much